You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Uh, number four, you want to ask yourself, what have you done for the press lately? <laughs> you know, 
why should I cover your event? How do I know this is going to be you know, valuable or just going to waste my very valuable precious time that I don't have a lot of? Number five, why should the media care what you have to say? And number six, yes, there is media bias. So what? Deal. Welcome to real life. But the media is not supposed to be biased. Media is people. And people are biased. You deal. So let's start with number one. The media is not the enemy. But here's what the media is. The media is looking for a story. You know, something with impact, something that's relevant, you know, something we can you know, easily explain you know, to the people watching and listening at home. Because the dynamics of our business has changed just like everybody else's. The old days, you know, that you read about it, you heard about it on the radio, watched it on television, then read about it in the newspaper the next day, you know, that has been replaced by the 24-hour news cycle. And actually, I would argue the 24-hour news cycle has been replaced by the 24-second news cycle. Because now everybody's got a website, everybody's got a blog, everybody's got a web page, we're all trying to be first and get stuff up on the internet first. And sometimes I think we've traded you know, accuracy for expediency. So we need to keep that into account. What makes a good story? This is kind of journalism 101. Stories usually involve some kind of conflict. You know, David against Goliath, people versus O.J. Simpson. Or they ignore the pacers, so you take it. <laughs> Uh, we like a story that can be broken down easily, can be easily explained, and also stories that have a human element. You know, how does this affect individual people? As much as you may want to go on about the discussion that happened in 1776 in Philadelphia, <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> how does this, where's, where's the human people element of this? We also like compelling stories because the media is also has to have an entertainment component to it because we got to get people to watch we got to get people to read we got to have something that's interesting you know that people want to take a look at old stories are not necessarily bad that's why we always look to try to tell old stories in news and different ways you know we've all I mean, there's only so many be really honest with you there's only so many tea party rallies you can go to oh my god a bunch of people got together they screamed they were mad about the government and you guys did this last week. What else is new? You know, give me something new, give me something different. Hey, you come to our rally, we'll show you how somebody you know, almost lost their house because of this government. Okay, that's interesting. No. So we can find not only you know, a human element, there's somebody there. You know, we got a conflict, you, know, you versus the government. And I mean, it's an old story, you versus the government, but it's being told in a different way. And finally, and most importantly, you want stories that are relevant. If you cannot, in 20 seconds, explain what you're trying to do to the press and why people should matter, why it should matter. You're wasting your time and the press's time. So you gotta remember, number one, by understanding these elements, the press is not the enemy. Now, with that said, here's one of the things you need to take into account. You're not in control. <laughs> the guy with the camera, the microphone, the tape recorder, the reporter pad, they're basically driving the show. It's unfortunate, but it's a fact of life. They will write what they want, they will report what they want, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. So you gotta accept it. If you decide not to talk, somebody else will be more than happy to take the space. That's why I always kind of cringe when Candace Crawford and say, well, I'm not talking to the press. Okay, well, don't talk to your opponents. <laughs> I have 20 hours a week of programming to fill. You don't talk to me, that's okay. Somebody else who wants your job, well, explain, explain, explain. I say this because number three ties directly to number four. Most reporters are not experts in what they do. They're sort of like general, they're like doctors, like general practitioners. They, they know a little bit 
about a lot of things, but not a lot about one particular thing. This is where people like me, uh, Jim Schiller, Norm Cox, Kevin Rader, all kind of come in. Matt Tully, because our areas of specialty are government and politics. But when we try to put the non-government person on the story, you know, the first thing we're doing when they bring the story back is like, uh, no, that's not right, that's not right, and that is definitely not right. Actually, that would get us sued. <laughs> out of there. Yes, I know he's a coke sniffing liar, but you really can't say that. <laughs> and also, please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't pick a fight with the press, you will always lose. Hmm. Trying to pick a fight with the press is like trying to pick a fight with your wife. She will always get the last word, she will lose, and it's over, call it a day. As the old saying goes, never pick a fight with a man who buys ink by the barrel or has a broadcast. There's, there's no point now. That doesn't mean that the reporter's wrong. You, know, you don't confront them. But as I tell people when I teach uh, speech and tech, you know, how you say things are just as important as what you say. Which is usually if there's a mistake that you think is in the story or your position may not have been fully understood, you just call the media and let them like, hey, just want to I saw your story. I want to make sure that I was clear in what I was presenting to you. Blah, blah, blah. So next time we don't have that confusion. Because a lot of times reporters actually do want to get the story right. Because just like the politicians, all you have is your reputation. And once your reputation's gone, then that's it. So if somebody makes a mistake, you know, you just you know, sort of politely say, hey, I know I don't think I might have been clear, let me just make sure we understand point number one and point number two. Yeah. I know, but I'm not just ready to talk. And actually, we'll get to that point in just a second, which kind of goes point number two, which is the media, like I said, you know, you pick the connotation, the media is a tool. You can use the hammer to, you know, put a bigger hole in the wall or actually, you know, make it a picture. The trick is to know which tool to use for which purpose. You know, what are newspapers good for, apart from lining the dog cage? Because <laughs> they're so small. You know, what is radio for, what is television for, you know, what's the right use of the internet, what's the right use of the internet law? It, whenever I see somebody write on a web blog, I am shocked that people write like these you know, Unabomber manifestos in small print. They're like 20 million pages long. But there's, there's sort of a rule, uh, you know, now the internet sort of nearby stops they've done the research. If people have to start scrolling, they're probably going to stop about two seconds after they scroll down because that's not, the whole point of the internet is quick, succinct, fast information and so if your tank is empty and you, know, you got this like you know Sansarif 2.5 you know thing about whatever I start reading after the, the headline. Now if you want to create a link say hey for more information download this you can print it off that's a little bit of a different story. If somebody expects to read something on a sheet of paper, you know psychologically we expect it to take longer to get through and to sit down and to digest. So you have to know which medium to use. Uh, also you need to know when to hold the news conference versus when to just put out a news release. I always tell people err on the side of a news release because there's nothing more embarrassing than what if they hold a press conference and nobody came? You know, does the candidate still not make sense? So if you're, if you're going to call the media and ask them to show up, you know, there's, there's some things you do, like number one, you know, good media days for news conferences usually Mondays about 10 o'clock in the morning. Because Mondays traditionally have always been slower. 
By Wednesday, we're pretty much in full mode, and they're all the news conference on Friday at 4 o'clock, unless you've got the bouncer resigning or keeping <laughs> that goes to the Saturday, Saturday press. So Mondays, good news days, say bad news days for And if it's something that you can put out a news release, always say, you know, just make that available, send it out. And don't just do the, you know, the big establishment. There are lots of, you'll probably find your communities like weekly newspapers and neighborhood newspapers that are just starving for content. Because can you really write about, you know, that garage sale on 421 Know, one more time. Well, the editor of the small kind of newspaper wants some real content, so maybe that's a place you want to ferret out a couple things. Also, uh, I need to understand the difference between the news people and the editorial people. Please do not complain to the reporter about something you read on the editorial page. They have no control over that. If it's like most of these places, the editorial people are up in an ivory tower with no oxygen, the reporters running around with all the work. And all the editorial people are doing is just pulling things from the news story and then writing in the paper. The reporter has no control of the editorial page, and there's nothing worse than yelling at a print reporter over something his editorial boss wrote. Because you know what? You're really not going to endear yourself to that reporter the next time they have to show up. You got an issue? Call the editor. That actually used to be my old joke. I always tell when I used to write something whether the person complaining was Republican or Democrat. Democrats would call me, Republicans would call my boss. <laughs> <laughs> the result would still be the same. It's still painfully important. And also, here's a thought, and this may sound weird, but it never hurts to reach out to what I call, quote unquote, the entertainment media. Oddly enough, Smiley, here in Indianapolis, you know, Bob and Tom show, you know, the, the local you know, disc jockey, they actually do have an audience. Their audience is bigger than our news and information scene audiences because of the nature of what they do. So what you need to do, and we'll talk about this in a second, is know how to craft your message to say, hey, Mr. Entertainment Disc Jockey, can I come on your radio show and talk about blah, blah, blah. I guess I'm running for something, but I think this is something your audience may be interested in. That's a way of getting to know who another audience is. <coughs> good sound bites will always win the day. A good sound bite is usually 15 to 20 seconds long. So as you're putting your news conferences and statements together, there's some catchy phrase or something you can do in 20 seconds. We will love you to death. But we like short, we like succinct, we like to the frickin' point. But we don't have a whole lot of time, because we got a bunch of stuff to do. Guest columns are always a good idea, and if you can dump your friends together, letters to the editor. Please don't do what members of the established party do. They have like five form letters, and they just mail about how people sign their names to them, because after a while they do start to sound like because they are. <laughs> so you just may want to, you know, if you got your supporters and you're you know, putting together things, so instead of bullet points, you know, for people to focus on. So know how to use the tools to use them reporting. Number three, the media is lazy. Why are we lazy? We're lazy because we're busy and we're on a deadline. And we have lots of stuff to do. There's not enough time in the day for us to cover every story that is out there. So while you may want to talk about the water reclamation district and where you live, unfortunately, I got other stuff I got to do right now. So your job is to tell me why the water reclamation trustee is a better story than all the other stories that I'm dealing with. Because remember, I got breaking news I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Now we got meetings we got to cover. We got my new Leon Taylor shirt, so. Which, by the way, I got it for you guys. It's the red, white, and blue liberty. My wife is here, so we're out of Thank you, though, for calling me out. 
interactive. It never hurts to talk to the press, actually, when there's no news going on. Remember college? Remember that phone call to mom and dad? You only call me when you want money. Why don't you call me just to say hello and say things are gone? Well, guess what? Us, the media, we're kind of like that, too. It never put it in. Now, this is, uh, this, uh, we don't call asking about asking for money. <laughs> this is something that, I, I come from a different political culture than my Indiana brothers and sisters. The culture I come from, it is not uncommon for the media to be friends with people that we cover. I have friends in the State House Press Corps who would never have any sort of social relationship outside of you know, the State House of Government Bill. So fundamentally, that's a judgment call based on your own ethics, etc. I have found when you know people personally, A, you get a lot more stories, B, you get a lot more perspective, and B, you get a, it, it, it helps you as an individual know what's going through somebody's thought process. Now, there has to be a clear line that nobody's going to do anything to, to compromise anybody else's integrity or position, but getting to know people sort of outside of you know, the work environment is actually a pretty decent thing. And also that way when you call to the store, it's like, hey, it's blah, 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 sure, I'll take this telephone call. Um, which goes to the next one, which is always a phone call, especially when you don't want to. If somebody, if you're a county chairman and you had somebody screw up big time, pick up the phone, say, yeah, what's going on? You, you know, that's me you have to get spill everything right out like, okay, well, let me see if I can find out what's going on and I will call you back. Chris gets that a lot whenever I call about Ed. What's that with the park gun thing? Oh, excuse me? No, but no, but think about it though, seriously. Because there's nothing worse, and I, I kid you not, than no comment. Because when you say no comment, you have now let the story get completely away from you, and now other elements will drive the news down. And you'll be that blind who bought the story, blah, 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 had no comment. So. Ask yourself, is that the way you really want to do it? Uh, never waste the media's very valuable time. You want to make sure that you know, when you hold your news conferences or press events, you're ready to go on time, you know, straight up, you know, maybe not more than a couple seconds late. Or if you start late, let me because the media hasn't shown. Not because you're not ready to get stuff done. And always give people plenty of notice. I found that 48 to 72 hours notice for a news conference that you can plan is always good. You know, and then a follow-up call, like either the day before that morning, hey, we're doing an XYZ at you know, this event. Calling people like an hour beforehand, hey, we're having a news conference, and not because it's an emergency, never a good idea. And also, uh, think about the layout of your rooms. You know, it's going to be indoors, it's going to be outdoors, you're going to have like a plug-in box. If you're going to have a podium, you know, can everybody easily put their microphones you know, on top? Because you want to make the media's job as easy as possible. Because somebody's worried about setup and acoustics, they can't really focus on the content and what you're saying. The words of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? When I say, what have you done for me lately, what was our last encounter? You know, was it good? Did everything go well? Was it been antagonistic? Because what do people remember? People remember the last thing you did for them. Or in my case, the last thing you did to them. <laughs> So, what's your reputation? Do you have a reputation for being a good candidate, somebody who's on time, you know, somebody who's thoughtful, you know, who's well thought out, you know, these policy issues, and can relate to the regular people, or are you nuts? <laughs> if you're nuts, nobody shows up, nobody takes you seriously. Like I said here, no comment, what was your last encounter? 
And have you ever given me a news tip outside of government politics? Because that's a way to endear yourself in the press. Because like I said, we can't be everywhere. Hey, I was at this thing the other day, and they were talking about this, you may want to go check that out. Hey, thanks. So the next time you call me, you know, with a legitimate news story, I have a lot more receptive to you because I got something. I it is. And what do your press releases look like? Once again, it's limited to one or two pages, easy to read, easy to digest, and I can just pull things from and cut and paste, or are you Ted Kaczynski? Write the manifesto. Great. His hand out his news release on the CD ROM. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Next point. Why should you be kick here? Please ask yourself this question, ladies and or gentlemen. As you're putting your positions together, now fundamentally libertarian, so I kind of have a you know, general idea where you're coming from on issues. But just because uh, 100, 150 or so people in this room care, you got to translate into the other thousands of people that you are trying to actually reach. Awesome, thank you. So, what's the impact of what you're talking about? You know, well, Joe, we're talking about schools. You know, that impacts everybody. Now, somebody comes to you and says, well, I don't have kids, but why should I care? Well, number one, you still pay the taxes for it. Number two, you selfish bastard, when you have kids in school, somebody else pays for it. <laughs> <laughs> Always love it. I don't have kids in school, I don't care. Well, but somebody put in the bill, you're a little brats. So, okay, thank you. Now, how does it impact them? And number three, and this is something I'm guilty of, not a bit, but it's because of the nature of what I do, is this issue purely inside baseball? Okay, so in the second district of the libertarian whatever, there's an internal fight. And <laughs> if you're libertarians, if you're not fighting each other, I think there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nature of free-minded liberty spirit. So if there's an internal squawk going on, you know, unless it's got some major implications, say because somebody was you know, out robbing banks, you know, if it's inside baseball, it's just inside baseball. You know, it's a great little, maybe a Twitter line, or a little bit of log butter, but that's about it. So that's why you always look for the broader things, you know, taxes, schools, et cetera, you know, things that regular people can relate to. And how, how, is this, how can this story be told? Is it a print story? Is it a television story? Is it a radio? You know, just kind of one-on-one -on -one interview. You always want to try to target your message to the appropriate. My personal favorite, media bias. Well, I'm catch myself up the curse here. Duh. Really, the media is biased, you think? <laughs> but it's not the bias that most people think. There's a difference between the national press score and the local press. And unless you guys are going to be running for president anytime soon, most of your experiences will be with the local press. The local press, first of all, like I said before, all people have biases because we are people. Our job as media people is to be fair, you know, and give you a chance to tell your side of the story. Now, so what is the media bias I talk about? It's not ideology, it's more about passing. Media likes organization. We don't like to get caught up in a bunch of piddly stuff that doesn't matter, which means being organized, starting on time, you know, having news releases with very few spelling errors, you know, candidates who actually look like they're running for something, not somebody showing up in jeans and a t-shirt. That's the bias that the media has, because a lot of it is in the presentation. And I will argue, ladies and gentlemen, that well-run campaigns will always get better press than the ones immersed in games. 
George W. ran a much more organized campaign than John Kerry. Barack Obama ran a much better campaign than John McCain. Ronald Reagan ran a much better campaign than Wolf Mondale, et cetera, et cetera. If you, if you really look at the you know, media coverage you know, at the national level, or even at the state level, you know, when Joe Long Thompson ran for governor, you know, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> when I lived in downtown Indianapolis, I was right across the street from the campaign headquarters, and, you know, walking over for a news conference like the Pan Death March. Go listen to this woman who looks like Lady Lane Fairchild from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Damn state of Lane Yeah. <laughs> because they were always disorganized, they were never ready, and we tried to you know, broaden the discussion. They would never be like, well, we're just here today to talk about this. We're not going to talk about that. Okay, here's your chance for free herd media, and you're not going to answer the prep. Okay, fine. Yep, whatever. Granville candidates are always look more favorably than people who are nuts. It's just a fact of life. Because you guys don't like dealing with crazy people. And remember, you're on the reporter's schedule, not yours. You're the one trying to get the story out. Now, this doesn't mean that reporters have a right to waste your time asking a bunch of inane questions, but if you call them, you deal with their schedule. And the other thing reporters like is consistency, not necessarily predictability. And when I say consistency, I know that if I call you know, Mark Rutherford or you know, Dan Drexler or Mike Cole, and we have a discussion about an issue, I know they're going to give me libertarian-oriented answers, but they're not going to be saying the exact same thing the exact same way over and over and over. I always like to say, Mike is a preacher at home, not a tutor. <laughs> Generally speaking, then I'll be more than happy to take uh, your questions. Number one, be truthful. At the end of the day, all we have are our reputations. So we have to be honest with each other. As we volunteer everything, just you know, be straightforward. Be respectful, be organized. And here's the thought. If you don't want it to show up in, the, in print or on the radio, then don't say it. <laughs> I always love the, well, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all those people should be interred in camps. And, oh, by the way, that's off the record. No, it's not. <laughs> Which, by the way, unless you and the reporter both have an understanding that it's off the record, then it is not off the record. I have very simple rules. If I have a drink in my hand, it's off the record. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot on gin on this <laughs> All the secrets I can tell you guys. But they're all about yourselves too, but they're all. He's just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know what? Stuff happens. So. Yeah. Stuff happens. So you know what? You deal with it. You accept it. Everybody's gonna have a bad press day. Carl Bridges has been having a bad press day since. <laughs> <laughs> and I still love Carl like my little brother, but sometimes you just need to shut up and stop talking every five seconds. And tomorrow, and my favorite line from Gone with the Wind, tomorrow is another day. In any campaign, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So if you, if you have a bad meeting day or a bad press day, just pick up and dust yourself off. And you know what? We'll start again tomorrow. Because every campaign, it's got the highs and the lows. You know, ask anybody who's ever run a campaign or run for public office or done anything like that. They'll tell you, you know, there are days when we were sure you know, we had this in the bag, and then there are days we were able to pack our bags and go on. So that's why I always tell people to you know, keep a certain amount of perspective. 
because in the universe, for every joy of you know, happiness and glory, there must be an equally excruciating moment of pain and suffering. So people like me have stuff to write about. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be more than happy to take your questions. Yes, Mr. Levine. I brought you a hovercraft story one time. What's going on with that? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Ask the hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. With all press conferences and news conferences, would it be a good thing to go ahead and like print up an overview to give them beforehand that way they can, you know, they can we're expect this. Then once they leave, they don't have to, you know, dig out the video or record it every time they want to refresh it. I have found uh, when you do handouts at a news conference. People aren't looking at you to look at the handout. So you may want to, if you, if you have a media kit or something to follow, maybe hand that out at the very end. So because you want the attention to be on you, not what you hand it out to them. Unless what you say pretty much mirrors and parallels exactly what you're talking about. So that way they can kind of refer you know, back and forth. But I found that handouts are just distractions, so. Yeah. Can we provide a. File uh, sheets, uh, folders for beginning campaign, or starting out so they know who we are as opposed to calling the press conference. If you are, if, I'm going to break my rule. If you are introducing yourself to the public for the first time, that's not a bad idea. And then, but just let everybody know as they come in, you give it to them, not as you start talking. Because you know there's that little bit of lag time when the press starts to show cracks and get started. So if you're going to hand something out, that's probably the time. I was thinking more of going to the office and presenting it to them. Mm. It depends on what your relationship is. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's yeah, somebody... Relationships don't bother. Yeah. I mean, just wait for the news event or, you know, or find out, maybe I find out who the actual political reporter is who covers this stuff. Yeah. Then send that directly. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, from a local perspective, who do you think is running, the, from a media perspective, I should say, who do you think is running the best campaign this primary to kind of shadow, kind of look as you can learn by watching people and who do you think is running the worst? This sucks I don't have a drink in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, 
just so many people. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think anybody's running a really, really bad campaign. I'd say that right now there's so many candidates that unless you've got the money and the resources of the ground game, you just can't really break out of the pack. Oh, I take that back. The worst commercial was Dan Burke with the people from Ohio. And it wasn't so much the commercial that was so damning. It was his response. Because when the media asked him, well, why did you hire people from Ohio? It's like, well, I don't know. I just told me to read. I'm Dan Burton. I How effective do you think of a golf commercialist comparing Dan uh, Burton to an appendix? It's cute, but will anybody see it? That, that's, that's outside of all.
thank you, we're done. So, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. <laughs>